Welcome to the Inspired Wild Podcast. I am Lane Walter, and I am here with Trevin Stolzfist. We are just hanging out in the office on a random day in June and kind of going over what our plan is for the season, what we drew, what we didn't draw, and what we still might draw. I think I think uh, plans for the fall are starting to take shape. I found out today, it's the 20th of June, for the first time in seven years, I did not get my Wyoming deer tag, um, which is weird. Not that it's not that I haven't seen other people not draw it, but I've been on a, a lucky streak. And then my daughter didn't draw it either, which was weird because that's a youth tag. They get you know. Um, so that's a bummer. Yeah, it might be worth diving into the statistics on that unit and seeing if it's starting to get a little bit of point creep like everywhere well, else or if you've just I, you been know, lucky for... I think they might have cut back tags on the deer. Uh, Shelly and Justin Wampler are good friends. We found out today, Justin's a funny story because Justin has been putting in... I, I drew an antelope tag in Wyoming 2015 or 16. Anyway, I think it was 15. 15. And um, with four points in this in the unit, um, which is uh, uh, north of Rollins, and and uh, Justin always talks about how Eastman's Hunting Journal did an article on it, and it screwed up the odds forever, right? <laughs> well, I drew it, and then he had I think he was like had two points at the time, and he started applying. He drew it with seven. Yeah. And he just couldn't draw, couldn't draw, you know, just was mad. And Well, in the meantime, Game and Fish, Wyoming Game and Fish, cut back the antelope tags in that unit. But if you go to the Split Rock, where we hunt, there's antelope everywhere. Everywhere. I mean, like, it's nothing to see three, four hundred antelope a day. And uh, so what's weird is that most of the antelope in that unit are on that property. <laughs> so... But apparently they must have increased the tags because we also found out that Shelly, Justin's wife, didn't – she drew a deer tag, but she also drew an antelope tag with three points. <laughs> I had three points I could have put in. But um, anyway. It, I tell it, you, it just kills how sometimes you play the points wrong. I experienced that with that deer tag, actually, that I drew last year. So I could have drawn that tag in half the time. But at that time, then I was focused on a different unit. And then when I switched over to 201, then the point creep had gone up to where I couldn't draw it with the amount of... So I had three years in a row where I'm like, I'm going to draw it this year. I'm going to draw it this year. And it's like, I'm not going to draw it. And then the next year, I knew I was going to Alaska. So I didn't put in for it. And then my mom, who had four points less than me than what I had the year before, I was like, well, yeah, just put in for it for points. And then she draws it because people just stopped applying. So it's just crazy how that point creep and it just teaches you got to put in. If you want to draw it, you just got to put in for it and yeah. see what happens. You got to so, play the Because if Shelly had just put in for a point, she wouldn't have drawn it with a three. Right. But instead, yeah. she was like, heck, this, I'm going to do it anyway. Might as well apply. It's crazy because this will be the first time since season five of Outback Outdoors that we don't kick off our season on the split rock. It's usually the first show of the year. And... um well, we it can still be because I think we're still planning. We're going to go with Justin and Shelley. I mean, oh, yeah, they've been of course. they've been kind of part of the crew for uh, 
for years now. So uh, what an amazing hunt to be able to have a deer tag, an antelope tag, and another antelope tag all in the same bunch. So that'll be interesting. Um, You know, Quentin Smith is an amazing, a good friend and an amazing outfitter that we work with. And uh, we, we were, I say we work with, we, uh, we partner with, we hunt with, it's, it's more like hunting with a buddy than it is going with an outfitter because I mean, there's times he'll turn us loose cause he's got other hunters in Colorado or something. And he'll just say, yeah, you know, Hey, you guys cook for yourself and take the fight to him. Cause we know the ranch and, and we know the property pretty well, but yeah, so that's, that was a bummer. But on a positive note, we drew Utah. Utah is going to be fun. Yeah, I am. I'm so excited. That's going to be so. That is a uh, Utah does. It's I, I don't know what you would call it, but I had two points. You had three points, I think. Right. Yep. For the general. For the general. Yep. And um, Eric had. One, Eric had zero. Zero. So we ended up. I think Eric we, had zero. So like, yeah, they they even out your points. So we ended up going in there. We drew it. Yep. Um, and then we even had uh, good friends Chris Honstein and uh, Adam Peabody are going to be going with us. So we're going to have a cool. We're going to have a great camp. It's going to be Eric and I's deer camp last year. Only more hunters, more fun, and hopefully more deer. Yeah. And I'm going to be way less picky. <laughs> it's well, going to be a good um, time. I, instead well, of if we us, take like, Tanner, you won't be. Oh, I'll still be I'll still be way less picky. Yeah, Tanner. Than I was last year. Tanner. Last year, Tanner. Tell us about that whole deal. I know, I know oh, we man. talked so, about it on the podcast, but Tanner was he he would he not was holding us back. Yeah, big time. He was holding us Why? back. Why we could take that? We could have taken out, and the first day Tanner was holding us back. The the very first morning, we're driving up and we see this nice buck, and I'm like, man, I think I'd fling an arrow at that buck, and and if I was gonna fling an arrow at it. Then Eric was For sure. really excited playing mm-hmm. arrow and Tanner's like, you guys are not shooting that buck. Opening morning, five minutes of opening morning. And no, uh-uh. He, he like put his foot down and he put his foot on the gas and we drove away. He was like, this is not happening. Not right now. Not after 11 years. And it was fun. It was, it was a good time. It made it for the whole, the trip last the whole time. But yeah, that's, you got time. a couple things going there. Yeah. One, 11 years is a long time to wait for a tag. Two, um, opening morning, you know, start of your hunt. That means you're, you're done. I mean, yep. you might hang out for some more, but you're done hunting. And then three, uh, Tanner did the same thing in unit 44 with me. <laughs> there was times he wanted to drive and I'm like, okay, good. You know, I can look and stuff like that. Well, he wanted to drive so he could lock the doors. <laughs> um, so I believe it. We had just, well, that's third, you know, I, I stayed pretty true to my to my mark that um, I wanted to try and kill a 200-inch buck in Colorado, of course, because it took me 18 years to draw that tag. Probably the premier, yeah. you know, we did a podcast or a series of podcasts on that already, uh, Unit 44, Fourth Rifle. <sighs> Excuse me. It's about nap time. Um, and uh, it, it's so we, we're we had just had an encounter with an amazing buck, which I we talk about. And we show on the we'll show on the on the actual uh, TV show where we're sitting glassing because we know there's a really good buck in this area, and so we're picking apart the country, and it's rut. So you know, deer even you know three o'clock in the afternoon, four o'clock, deer cruising. 
You got does being bumped. You got little bucks bumping them. You got big bucks bumping them. You got big bucks cruising. So it's really, it's one of those times where it doesn't do you any service to go back and take a nap at camp. Nope. Right? You're better off because of the the deer movement staying glassing. So we're sitting there. We got the truck parked off, just off of the road. And we're, I'm leaning up against the tire. You know, it's my backstop. Got my binos on the tripod and, and I'm glassing and um Tanner and I were talking about something and I, I uh Mike's uh, Steven was uh running camera and he went out in front of us and kind of was getting this backward angle when as Tanner and I were talking back through a couple of different ideas of you know judging deer and I don't know it's probably some intelligent conversation not always us. always and uh and he uh I look up and I look over the top of Mike's head and all I see is this big rack. I mean, he's not 35, 40 yards from us, stepped out from a cedar. He had just walked up the draw. And we're talking just kind of like we are. We're glassing 800 yards away, right? And I go, hey, what do you think about that buck? And Tanner goes, grab your bow. (laughs) So... When he says that, as you know from your hunt with him, that's you're a probably buck. that's a buck that you're you, going to shoot right. and not question on at all. It's probably twenty points bigger than what your minimum was, right? And um, well, my minimum was two hundred, but we thought he was over two hundred. But what he should have said is, "Grab your rifle." The rifle was in the it was your rifle, matter of fact. Yeah, and it was uh, in the uh, it was in the you know in the front seat. Um, the door was open. My bow is in my case in the back of the truck in the bed. And he says, grab my bow. Well, I'm a bow hunter. So I would rather, at that distance too, let's shoot him with a bow. Oh, yeah. I'll shoot a 160-inch deer and be ecstatic. Now, not in this unit, mind you. But normally, I'm pretty good to, to put one on the ground open in the morning. If, yeah. if you know. So it doesn't work out because... I grab my bow finally. By the time we do, he gets around. And the shot was makeable, but he was walking towards a private property fence. And that's the whole other, another deal. We did a podcast with Aaron yep. Snyder with Kafaru Cast about that and the, the pros and cons of that. But the thing about Tanner is I think you can rely on him to definitely um, – keep you in check but there's also a point where you're like dude i'm happy with that buck i'm gonna shoot him exactly. shut up exactly exactly and on this hunt depending upon what we see i'll do it oh it's gonna be happening I've, i feel like if we shoot a buck up to tanner standards on this hunt it's gonna be out of luck not out of and just pure odds because i have a tag you have a tag eric has a tag chris has a tag Adam has a tag. We got five chances to do it. We're not going to all gonna, be hunting together, but there'll yeah, be. Yeah, but we're going to have five chances to kill a big buck. Oh, and then Spencer might be out there too because he's right. a Utah resident. And Spencer and is a mule deer freak. freak. Yeah, he's kind of like Tanner, or he's older than Tanner, so he might even have more experience. Yeah, he but, kills some big old bucks all yeah, over. Since we so, met, I met Spencer through Baronio, Dave Baronio. That's exactly how I met him. And uh, um, so, yeah, Spencer's... He came out to Split Rock, actually, for the film school that night. Oh, that's right. You remember that? that? Is where, yeah. Yep. And then we just hung out and BSed about hunting this whole time, and it just so happens that I posted I drew a Utah tag, and he was like, dude, I drew this unit. I was like, well, that's the unit I drew. He's like, well, let's meet up. 
Yeah. So that that might be another person out there to. That might be who we stick Tanner with if he comes no, and hunts with no. us, just so that we need Tanner running camera. <laughs> but um, if it'll we be a could, good time, yeah, it'll be a good time. Um, so uh, we're excited about that, and then we come into uh, Colorado for Colorado Elk. Yeah, right? yeah, that'll be interesting, and that's going to be a little earlier this year. But I think we've got uh, Chris Omar. Omar is going to be with us. Yep, which is exciting because when did, I, I met him at the uh, Badlands. That's where I met him. Yeah, but, but just so briefly. I knew who he was just from um, a couple different podcasts I listened to, and then I started following his Instagram and Luke uh, Cadillo. Uh, Cadillo. Cadillo. Come on, gringo. I cannot, dude. I'm a gringo. Cadillo. So Luke sits down behind me with Omar. Uh-huh. I turn around. I go, "You are crispy," and he's like. Yeah, I was like, you're an inspiration, bud. And he's like, ah, oh, thanks, man. We BS a little bit. Luke introduces us. And that right after that, my film starts to play, my mountain goat film. And uh, I get up afterwards because I'm just a nervous wreck. You know how it goes at those watching thousands of people watch no, your I don't work. Know. I is, don't know. Yeah, yeah right? Yeah. It's I was, just, I was it's racking. So I, I stood up and I walk out there and he sees me. He's like, man, was that your film? And I was like, yeah. He's like, we should hunt together. I was like, yeah, dude, I live in Colorado. Let's figure something out. He's like, oh, I want to shoot an elk. I was like, well, let's figure it out. Come out to Colorado this fall. We'll figure it out. And so then as soon as I said that, then I talked to you. I'm like, hey, we should try to figure this out. Well, and, and, the, and the thing about uh, hunting where we hunt with in Colorado with Q is it's set up perfect for blinds. And um, he actually does a, a – and Omar's a vet. Um, and he actually does the end – the last week of archery season, he does a wounded uh, – warrior i i don't know which organization it's through but he brings out a bunch of wounded vets and they get to hunt and it's just and he loves it i mean quentin smith just with qrs outdoor specialties i mean he just that's his heart he just he he loves it he, he loves doing that so um that's uh uh so it's set up though which can be good and bad um you're kind of uh, at the mercy of the movement of the elk but you have the freedom to make a plan pop up some mobile blinds too so it's not like you're just stuck in in one blind hoping that elk walk by and hoping a bull walks by because there's plenty of elk there it's it's understanding where they're bedding and then making your plan i mean you it, it, they'll go up one draw and you'd think oh well they'll just come right back at it but it doesn't always meet it doesn't always happen so a lot of times we'll set up two or three and then as they start moving in the evening then you know because you can glass them from a ways away we'll try and bust butt to get over to the right blind before they start working down the draw and then all you do is hope that they'd work down that draw before dark yeah but there's been times when <clears throat> i think uh tanner was two years ago i think he was in a blind we were on the other ridge over didn't see a thing and they had elk nothing um within range for a bow but the elk ended up coming out and there's a you know kind of a a field down where they feed down in the bottom and then after it got dark he said he there was elk 15 yards from him bugling but it's dark by then yep um so it, but it's a good opportunity they're there i think q told me that the last couple of years they've been 100 percent shot opportunities not not necessarily 100 percent 
kills. get it done. But well, everybody's had a good shot opportunity I'm with excited. a bow. So, so that'll be fun. Um, and you know, that's one of those things where, uh, it's just more about the uh, relationship. It's more about the camaraderie than necessarily it is about, um, killing an elk. Um, I think as we get older, at least for me, uh, there's more to it. There's more to it than just going out and, and killing something. Um, I say that and then come the last two days or three days of the season, I'm a nervous <laughs> wreck because I haven't killed anything. But Heck yeah, well, um, that's going to be a nice thing about Utah. Once I get something on the ground, I feel so much better about the season. Yeah. And so I'll have a lot less pressure after that elk hunt, that Colorado elk hunt. Yeah. I'll have pressure of trying to get my wife tagged out on a deer or an elk. She's right. got the same deer tag I got. Yeah. Adam has the same Colorado deer tag, so that's going to be fun. Um, trying to talk you into trying to find that tags left over. You know, and and, and, and they should have some – do they have youth tags in Colorado? Or you do, know what? I'm really bad about figuring out. You know, I don't know. I can't remember if Colorado does the youth tags, if they're different – or if they just have to get a tag just like everybody else. From my understanding, it's just get a tag like everybody else. But there else, should be some leftover 20 tags. So I'm going to try and get one for my daughter because I have a buddy who's got a place out towards Masonville. Would that mm -hmm. make sense? Anyway, out Loveland West into 20. And he said, I will guarantee you that if you get an archery tag, we'll set up a blind and she'll get a shot. Sweet. For, so for deer, for deer, because she didn't draw Wyoming either. So, and that's good because it's forty minutes from the house. That's that's nice. Yeah. That's way nice. So we're gonna try that. But then if if you guys got some decent, you know, some decent spots that we can go in twenty, I might I might try and get me a a twenty leftover yeah. tag. Heck yeah. So that's gonna be fun. Yeah. So then, then are you do anything for elk? I yeah. know Tanner and I are gonna do some stuff here. You're, well, you're going to be hunting. I'll be hunting with, with Omar. With Omar. Um, and then I've got Kentucky again, yeah. which is just uh, elk hunting of a different beast. Uh, uh, the beast is the same. The beast that's different is the country. The terrain. It's uh, humid. It's hot. It's uh, bug infested. It's thick. And when I say thick, people are like, yeah. And I said it the first year. Oh, yeah, whatever. We hunt oak brush. And when I'm there... I I crave oak brush. Well, just watching the video because I just watched both episodes right, yeah, from I'm, last I'm editing. year. You're editing it right now. Right. Yeah, that is just ridiculous. You have to find a logging road, or you have to find some type of trail. Um, not to say that elk can't make their own trail, but I have literally in in years past had elk twenty yards from me. They can't get to me. I can't get to them, and I, there's no way I'm going to sneak an arrow through there. And they're screaming. I'm screaming, bugling at them, just raking an autumn olive, just tearing it up, and they're pissed. But they can't get to me. The bull I killed last year, same thing. The one that is going to be on this show is we were trying to call him in, and he couldn't get to me. I couldn't get to him. And we were able to end up – we ended up backing up to shoot him. Yeah, because it was the only it's hole. Insane. It's crazy. So, the The terrain is just just watching that video. Yeah, I just got done listening to a bunch of different podcasts with about Vietnam and guys fighting in Vietnam and mm -hmm. talking about how it gets so dark at night and how it would get so dark at night there and it was so covered. It was like what they call a triple canopy that this one guy 
had his foot grabbed by someone else and he couldn't see the dude grabbing his foot. Couldn't tell if it was his buddy or a VC guy coming up because it was so dark. And I, you just can't imagine like being that black until you see like your video and you're hearing like, okay, yeah, no lights coming through that. You're not getting any ambient light. It, I can right. see why it would be so black. Yeah. It's crazy. And then on top of that, you know, Todd Tackett and to have had the history we have had with him over the last couple of years, being able to take his uh, two older boys or his two only boys, I should say. And then last year being able to, to have Kelly, his wife, who's never hunted anything in her life That's really cool. and kills a three. And we were able to get her on a three seventy bull and she did great. Um, so that's going to be a fun hunt. But this year I sent Todd a bow and, uh, sent him a Hoyt and he's setting it up. He wants to bow hunt, which yeah. we've never had that. We've always had somebody like, uh, Landon or Ash and his boys or Kelly who's during the, archery season is shooting a crossbow just because they they don't they're not a bow hunter so to have todd be dedicated to a bow i think it'll be that's fun. gonna be so much fun anytime that you're hunting with todd is a blast oh, i've only got to do it once but yeah. it was just ridiculous but having him there yeah having him trying to do it i cannot wait like yeah. i cannot wait to see that footage and how that turns out it's gonna be a fun hunt. yeah that'll be good and then uh what do you got after that We've got uh, oct in October. We'll head back to Nebraska at some point. Yeah, for deer, which is our our kind of our Sand Hills annual deer hunt that we do that we love. We're uh, Sloan uh, Sloan yep. Brown with Yeti. will come back in, I'm and hoping, uh, hoping I'll hit that because I have that offshoot up north for the muskox, and then coming back where I'll be gone for a week. Yeah. We talked about that. I know you're mad, but I gotta go to. Yeah, but go, you're not I gotta, hunting. I go to Greenland, man. But you're not hunting. Yeah, this is true. I'm not hunting. And you're doing it in at that time of year. I know. It's going to be different. It's not my choice, but I'm I'm excited to go up there and see it. Yeah, the the hair's to, different. The the whole country's it's It's not it's not the white terrain. It's, it's not, not the, the tundra, Arctic. But I'm excited to get the, up there. It's and still check it out. a it's different country yeah. and the people are amazing. It's going to be fun. Yeah, it's 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 a different hunt. Uh, the muskox, a muskox, a Greenland muskox hunt is very different than what I I can't I, I shouldn't say this because I've never hunted muskox in like Alaska or, or you know uh, that Arctic Circle up there. Um, on that part, I've, I've Greenland's all I've been to, and I expected it to be uh, pretty flat terrain, maybe rolling hills, and it was mountains. Yeah, the train was cool, and the muskox were in the saddles up like and i asked the the outfitter i said i thought muskox were you know kind of chill and he said did you know muskox is closer related to a mountain goat than they are a, a, a bovine i had no idea a cow no yeah. idea until we were watching your film and you're telling uh, me that i was like crazy it's they are cool animals they are really cool. cool and they're the eat oh you want to talk about good eating holy macaroni that's good really? i mean uh, he cooked one night. No, no, we're getting off on a rabbit trail here, but yep. this is good. He cooked one night. He cooked like this fish stew. Uh, it had, I think it had, I don't remember all at all. It had shrimp and scallops and, and Dustin hates fish. And he ate it and it was, I mean, it was, the food was so stinking good. And then one night we get in. It was the night I killed my muskox, so we got in pretty late. And he uh, he grilled muskox steaks. And I'm telling you what, it, 
it was one of the best steaks I ever had in my life. It no was kidding. really good. I mean, steak steak. Like you and I yeah. think of a, yep. a ribeye nice or steak. a big old yeah. New York strip or like that. Yeah, it was, it was phenomenal. So you'll enjoy that. I'm, I am I think you're going to kick yourself for missing that hunt because that's – Nebraska is oh, a fun Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping that we can make it work. But if not, I'm going to really kick myself because that is a – it's such a blast to yeah. go out there. The, the spot and stock opportunities out there. It's just crazy. I've learned so much filming out there and helping – like the past two years where mm-hmm. it's just it yeah it brings you up it brings you up to a next level i wish i could game. get baronio he's just so busy nowadays i wish i could get baronio to come out again um that's just such a that was such a fun hunt and then but adam maybe i can get adam to put Actually it on his schedule out. yeah and and come out he's 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 no less busy than Baronio. Oh, yeah. You know, because that's when you start getting into first and second rifle in Colorado yeah. and they're, you know, and the Wyoming rifle hunts and, and the, those guys, I mean, they make the majority of their living guiding. Yep. Helping other people have adventures. Yep. Um, so I'm I'm a little selfish on the side of wanting them to be with me. But uh, but it'll be it'll be fun uh, regardless. Um, and then, uh, so if we get that, then, then we get into Whitetail. And we both yeah. drew Kansas. Yeah. I did, Wasn't that a crazy we, well, deal? You called me and you're like, well, first you text me, I didn't draw. And so it's the first thing I did is pick up the phone and call you and we're trying to figure it out. Well, it was a crazy thing. And then we're on the thing. phone and you're like, I think maybe I drew, but no, I didn't. And then you're like, I didn't draw. And then you text me two days later, I did draw. So you here's had, what happened. Yeah. And and I actually have talked to two other people. Phil Mendoza said it happened to him. Somebody else told me that, that it happened to them too. So here's what happened. Um... Jordan Brown, our good buddy Jordan Brown, is like, hey, the draws are out. You know, check and see if you drew. He's on top of all that stuff. Yep. Um, so I, I'm like, okay, I'll check it. And I think you did check it. I think you were near yeah. a computer and you checked and you said you drew. And I'm like, all right, good. Well, I've never not drawn. There's a ton of whitetail in there. And I've heard of people not drawing. Like Sean Greathouse has not drawn, but he's usually applying for the tag east of us. And I think maybe they have less yeah. numbers. I don't know. And, uh, so we're we're east of Wichita, and there's plenty of deer, um, and so I go okay, uh, I'll check later. Well, then I forgot. Two two or three days go by, and I get on this login, and I just killed a um, couple weeks earlier, maybe maybe a month earlier, uh, uh, killed that that uh, turkey in Kansas on the uh, big turkey um, on uh, Phil Fancone, who uh, is with Mindel USA. Uh, Mindle Boots. Um, he's my neighbor. We've known each other for years and, and work our food plots together. And uh, anyway, I, I log on. There's my turkey tag. My, it was weird because my 2015 and 16 whitetail tag was on there. And I had nothing for deer. And I'm like, what? Did I not draw? Well, wouldn't it say I was unsuccessful? So I call. And I called Division. And the gal says, you didn't apply. I said, what do you mean I didn't apply? You took my money. Well, you and I were together. Yeah, we were on the phone. We were on the phone Literally, together we, we I it. walked yep. through it. We hit send at the same time. I said, ma'am, I know I applied. I helped my, my, my buddy. So anyway, she's like, nope, you didn't apply. And I'm like, I'm an idiot. How, did I not hit send? You know, I'm, I'm asking myself all these questions. So then I go in. She, first thing she asked me, she goes, "Do you have a receipt?" And I'm like, "Well, I don't. I'm, I don't have a receipt with me. And I, I my mind is just going 100 miles an hour." So I hang up with her, which was a stupid move because it took me like 30 minutes to get to her get on the phone. Yeah. And then 
I do a search on my Google, my Gmail. Sure enough, I got a receipt. So I'm like, crap, I have a receipt that I applied. So I call back, wait for 30 minutes, and another gal gets on much nicer. And she's like, oh, yeah, honey. Yeah, sweetie, you, you applied. Yeah, but you didn't draw. I said, I didn't draw? She said, yeah. She goes, you know what? What's your number on, on, on your login that you said you didn't draw? So I give it to her. She goes, that's a different number. You have two accounts. I said, how do I have two accounts? It's the ex- I put in Somehow, the exact yeah. same yeah. password, but they have two accounts for me. So what happened was I applied under a second account. And sure enough, so then I unlogged out, logged back in using that uh, you know, Kansas identification number. Sure enough. Same password, everything. And there's my 2017 tag, 2018 tag, and, now 2019. and 2019, and I'm awarded. So I'm like, but she just told me I didn't draw. Yeah. But, hey, you drew. It's in the mail. We oh, got we it. got it in the mail. So, so anyway. That's long, gonna, yeah. Crisis averted there. Crisis averted, We're going to yeah. be in Kansas. So we go, we, well, and it's not necessarily this progression, but we got yeah. Missouri whitetail. Which we always try and hunt that the start of November on up to rifle opening, which is the first or second Saturday of the of the month. Which is crazy that Nebraska and Missouri do that. They start their rifle season right as the rut's kicking up, you know, really in full full force. But then my plan was to go to Kansas. But I applied for Iowa and I should draw Iowa. So that's going to throw a wrench in things. So I'm pretty excited. It's going to throw a a great great wrench. Well, Steve Noble with Maximum Outdoors, which I met through Killer Food Plots. Um, uh, Nick Hardy with Killer Food Plots. Um, I've been wanting to to hunt Iowa, and I had a place figured out, and I was going to go in there and kind of like we do in Kansas and Missouri where we help them with the game management and, and, you know, food plots and all that stuff. They get to come in, hunt rifle, you know, all that stuff or whatever. We're helping the property. We're helping them with some of our knowledge in order to do some bow hunting. Um, and the guy just at the last moment, last this was last year, it was 1,500 acres. I mean, it was, I talked to a couple of people from Iowa and they're like, dude, that property is bomb. That is the bomb. And it's an old farmer. And he said, you know, I just don't feel comfortable with you filming. He said, the last time somebody killed a 200 inch buck on my place, I had non-residents parked out on the gravel road all around my place. Yeah. And poaching. And, and I, he never said that it was yeah, poached, but he said still, there was yeah. increased pressure. He said, they just found out. I said, well, you know what? You don't have to worry about that because I will use footage from Missouri as my B-roll for for that show. And he was all about it? No. Oh, he still said no? Said no. So that's where I met Steve yeah. Noble and made those plans. So I, I, the draws aren't out, but I had five preference points, so I should draw it. Nice. That'll be So fun. I don't know how That'll this be. is going to pan out. I got to be honest with you. Well, and I, I still have a chance at drawing a desert sheep tag in Arizona. You do. You know, I, I When that's is that still season? Come. That would be the. I know that I p- planned it for later, and most of their tags are November, December. It'd be a November season, okay. but you know, there's the. I think my realistic odds are one in three hundred for one of the units I put in for or the other one. It's well, one in five hundred. Well, worst then, worst case scenario. You know, so one in three hundred odds. Right. I'm gonna be. You're, you're so most shoot. likely you're not gonna be there, yeah. and um, you'll be. You're coming to Missouri. Yeah. And Kansas. Good. Yeah. So um. I think with Steve in Iowa and all that stuff, what I told him was, you just let me know. 
which is hard for a camera guy. You know, when you have, if you, if you got to plan a camera guy and then, then I got a, I got my day job. I yeah, got to work exactly. sometime, yeah, right? Both of us do. Yeah. So, um, you know, there's a point where everybody thinks uh, just because you do what we do that this is all you do. Well, this is not all I do. This is not all I ever do because this dadgum industry is so fickle. Mm-hmm. I do. Yep. I won't quit my day job. Um, I mean, it's different because we have people people that work for Outback Outdoors, and you know, Garrett and Dustin have in, in the past, and Tanner, and but I, I'm not going to quit my day job because. Of the same reason, well, Cameron Haynes told me a long time ago, he said, man, don't quit something for sure on a maybe. Exactly. And he... And, and if someone like Cameron Haynes yeah, is still working his day job... Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, and that was good advice because basically, even when I worked for Eastman's, I still, you know, worked for the company that I work for now. I've been with them 20 years. And it's, you know, I work in a way that's the hours are flexible, kind of like you in the fact that you're a firefighter. Um, you have a little flexibility because you can go you can work for other people and bank yep. a lot of IOUs if you will yep. and yep. then that gives you some freedom the problem is you also have a, a young family and yep. you have a wife that likes to hunt oh yeah how does that and now fr- my kids oh. are just yeah, last all night, about it last night what was dead gum Easton was saying well, hey, dad I want to go to Africa and shoot an Impala <laughs> And how old is he? Uh, he turns five next month. He's and he's, five, he's demanding. Four. He's like, oh, we need to go. And you, oh, you're like, oh, uh, I need to. <laughs> uh, when you turn 10, maybe we'll go. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's... I, I talked him out of that, though, with uh, explaining how long the airplane ride is oh, right, right now. Because he knows that he doesn't like being on an airplane for a long time or in the car for a long time. So I got him waiting on that. But he's still, he's going to come with that part of my deer hunt. He's going to come with on part of my elk hunt. He came with on Becca's elk hunt last year. What well, yeah. That's right. well, didn't you last year call in, call, you started so calling a bull? And... I took him with no, ex- you're taking four-year-old hunting. So no expectations. No expectations for anything. Well, a couple hours into us walking around with him and hiking me bugling, I have a bull coming in. And so I'm caught completely off guard. I'm only 10 yards away from my wife and this bull's coming in. He's breaking branches. And so we, I just set him down. I'm like, Hey, sit right here. Here comes a bull. Bull comes in. He's like 20 yards away. My wife is waiting for him to step behind a tree so that she can get a shot. And I just hear tap, tap, tap. And Easton, it cannot see the bull because he's under, he's at a low spot. So he looks around for the bull. Can't see it. He picks up a stick, gets bored and just starts hitting a rock with a stick. (laughs) And that bull just locks up takes it for a couple of seconds and then blows out. And yeah, I totally failed at that point. Cause I took the stick and I'm like, what are you doing? I throw the stick away and he goes, dad, you just scared the elk away when you threw my stick. <laughs> and you know, I was yeah. like, you know what, buddy? You know what? Yeah. You can't, you know what I did? You can't cause you can't. Yeah. It was so age. much fun. It was. And then we had another bull come in that he actually saw it was 20 yards. It was too thick. And mm-hmm. I, we got into elk with him. It was a blast. So he's, he's coming back at some point. In time this year, and he's all year now. Like here, all for, since then, it's dead. I'm gonna be quiet next time. So because he'd be, you know how a four year old is. Right. He's quiet for five seconds, and then he's loud for twenty yeah. minutes. Yeah. But it's gonna be a good time. So well, he's he we we shot with him last night at 3D, and um, he 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 was he's a trooper. I mean, he doesn't complain or anything like that. But he is a uh, in, inquisitive little feller. Oh, yeah. So, you know, he's constantly asking, hey, what's this? Hey, what's that? Hey, what's that? Uh, you know, and you can't blame him. He's just, he's a sponge. Just learning. Yeah. 
learning. Yeah, and he's already told me he's going to come with on my deer hunt, and he wants to take his bow and shoot it, but I get to shoot first. Oh. I can shoot it first, but then he wants to try to shoot it. You know, it. the the good <laughs> so. thing about, let's take whitetail for instance, is whitetail and turkeys. That's a great place for a kid because um, you're only in for that morning or that afternoon, right? You're not sitting in it all day like an antelope blind where, or, yeah. or even elk where you you need to be in at 2 o'clock in the afternoon because they're going to come in and wallow or, or drink. And it's a great time. You take um, uh, something, uh, you know, a little Star Wars figure. You know, for us, when we were young, it was little Star Wars figures or something that they – but then also nowadays it might be headphones and, and your iPhone with a, a couple movies downloaded just so that they can – but then when the action is happening – they can stand up, move around a little bit in the blind, and they can get away with that and still be out there with you, yep. not necessarily blowing everything away. It's a great opportunity oh, yeah. to, right. to, to get them hooked. I'm coming into a really fun, really fun part. Right. Randy Peck has already told me. He's like, dude, as soon as he could shoot a gun, you're bringing him down here. He's going to shoot a turkey, and then he's going to shoot a deer. And I'm like, all right, sweet. And he, he heard Randy say that, and yeah. now all this. Yeah. When am I going to go shoot a turkey with Randy? Yeah. When am I going to go shoot a deer? Like, he could when, probably when can I shoot a he duck? Could pr- literally, he could probably do it right. I mean, as, at his age, I don't know if they have a limit. They like, don't. Nebraska yeah, doesn't. Yeah. And my buddy Chad, who uh, has been on the show, Chad Graham and his son Cole, I think Cole killed his first turkey at four with a 410 shotgun. Yeah. He got to where he was seven, and I think he was seven. Forgive me, Chad, if I say this wrong, but I think Cole was seven, and he told his dad, I never want to shoot another turkey with a shotgun. That's awesome. I only want to shoot with a bow. And then it took him a couple years, but I think by the time he was nine, he'd already killed a turkey with his bow. Randy had a friend that lived out in Kansas, and his kid had killed more. His kid wasn't even 10, and he'd already killed a couple bucks with with a bow. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. Yeah, it's what a great it's opportunity. Cool. It's fun opportunities, yeah. yeah, and it's just fun to see him. And he has always asked me, "How old do I have to be to shoot this?" Because thank God Colorado has the twelve-year-old age limit right now. Because he's like, "Can I go shoot a deer?" No, not in Colorado. You have to be twelve. You yeah. have to be twelve to shoot an elk. You have to be twelve to shoot a bear. So I have that. And he's like, "Well, how old do I have to be to shoot a duck?" So I just make it up. I'm like, "Well, if you're six and you can shoot a shotgun, you can shoot a duck." Is so, that true? No. Oh. He's, but he's got to. But in Colorado, he's got to be able to get his hunter safety. Right. Which he has and so to be. So it's nice. Actually, I told him, "Hey, when you go to school this year, you got to do really good at learning how to read. We got to make sure that you know how to read, so that you can go take that test in your hunter safety." And you can pass, and then you can go hunting. And so he's already fired up. He good. can't wait for it. So. That's a good motivator for something else. That, you know, sometimes you need to be oh, – because yeah. if you pay attention in school – you know, I tell people that all the time. Hunting. Hey, pay attention in English composition class because if you want to be an outdoor writer, that's yeah. your easiest way to get into the industry. Not easiest, but it but it is a way to get into the hunting industry if you can write. Exactly. But you have to pay attention in, in yep. English. So, yep. um, all right. So we uh, were, were there – uh, we get whitetail. Do you have any late season hunts this year? Um, I've for the past three years, I've always said I'm going to do a coos deer hunt down in Arizona, and I think that's going to finally happen this year, just because my parents actually have a place in Arizona now, and there's not a lot of coos where they're at, but there are some nice muleys. Um, about 45 minutes away, it'd be an easy flight for me to be in there. I can go down there. I can get my dad's truck, and he just bought a Ranger that he said I can use. So the logistics of that hunt and that is is that January? That's January. Okay. So and then uh, talking to, 
I know Schneider did that odd ed hunt last year and he's talking a little bit about going back and I got to see how much that would be to go do something like that. But I would like to go do an odd ad somewhere that would be because odd ad is, I would be interested. I would be interested in doing an odd ad hunt. Yeah. We got to talk to Aaron a little bit about that. Yeah. We should talk to Aaron because that would be, because that's, you can do that in February. Exactly. Exactly. When nothing's going on. I know New Mexico has that. Uh, I th- I don't know if it's February, but that but that hunt, but um, we could talk to Derek. Yeah, but I know Derek usually goes over into Texas because it's over the counter. I think. Yeah. I don't think it's a draw, but yeah, we we got some options there. But and then there's always the you know the random that maybe maybe somebody that drew the the deer tag I put in for in Nevada returns it, and then I get a phone call or. There's always it's stuff always that. that pops up. Well, I and I put in with Baronio on a late season deer hunt with him oh we didn't draw you didn't draw we yeah, didn't draw say, I know so you that's draw. right yeah yeah i talked to him about yeah. it because you did you you put in with us too uh, didn't we all I, put I think in it was for the same unit because i just we put it we all put in for the same spots yeah and just not as a group and yeah, yeah nobody drew which is surprises me i drew that two years no right. th- i drew that three years ago with two points and now i had three points and i didn't draw or something like that yeah and, interesting yeah well um how long we've been going? You you you're gonna have to go pick the kids up. I think yep. one of the things that people always ask me is like, hey, what do you what do you do during this time of year? As we and we're shooting the alpha bow hunting competition. We're shooting 3ds every every Wednesday night. You can we even come out here and do little competitions out at the house just to kind of yep. playing around. The cool thing is we're uh, we're playing around with a lot of these victory uh, the, you know victory archery arrows that that's now kind of we're partnering up with, and it's been fun because. We've been uh, another brand, which I which will re- remain nameless. We've shot their arrows for a long time, and I just ne- didn't really have a reference, right? And then you started shooting Victory, and you were shooting the the Vaps, yeah, the uh, TKO, the, the TKOs, and uh, so then we started talking to those guys, and they're great guys. And the next thing you know, I start playing around with the Vap TKOs. And um, they need to send me some more arrows. They, these guys don't realize how much you and I shoot. And just tinkering with different just stuff. Tink- I've literally gone me. through three dozen arrows in, well, when did we start playing around? March probably is when we, I think we yeah. finally got our first arrows and started. It was right before turkeys, and so it might have been April. But I've gone through three dozen arrows, but I've also changed uh, the outsert weight, different FOC, uh, three vein, four vein. That, that was my big draw on them was with the components they have to change your up front because I can never find anything easy to put weight up front without getting a heavier broadhead. And I was like, well, I want to have a lot of, I want to have a higher FOC and the hundred grains. Because I you got a lot a bigger, of choices in your hundred grain broadheads exactly, too. And I don't want, especially I didn't with wasp. Want to, exactly. Look at their hundred twenty five grain options exactly. versus their hundred grain. It's huge. Exactly. And so I didn't want to be going up to, and all my inserts are. 100 or my tips are 100 grain right. so it just makes everything easier for me if i have it so if i i wanted to find a different way to add weight up what's front, your what's your arrow weight oh what? man see that gets into the tinkering currently my arrow weight is four it's right at like the 435 440 weight last year my arrow weight was right at 495 and um, at one point in time with different fletchings and stuff, I had it down to 416. So I... So it just... I have this big, broad, broad range, and since I'm switching now to the 300s with the new 70 grain outsert that's 65. going up front... Isn't 70. it 60? 
Oh, is it for, this, for the for the metal? I think uh-uh. for the stainless. I gotta look at it. I think but I think we anyway, just got yeah, them in. We just got them in. I gotta look because at I'm it. playing with that yeah. too. So I looked at the VAP TKOs in a 350 spine, and the reason I went with a 350 spine, I probably could have limped in there with a 400, but I'm always gonna go stiffer. Exactly. Because um, I'm a 27 inch draw at about 65 pounds right now, um, so I'm 350. Uh, I, I'm I, I, I've shot the 35 grain outsource that comes standard with the arrows okay yep. and i'm right at 400 that's too light for me yeah um but we're just shooting 3d so i, I didn't i wasn't real concerned with it um for for fletch um what i want to go to is they just sent us the rips yeah and uh the rips are uh, so what's the uh, the inner the, the dimension of the vaps is the vap is a one seven one point six six okay point one six point one six six and, and the, the rip is a point two oh four okay yeah. so it's in between like a traditional arrow that you'd get yeah traditional is like a to uh, 0.274 or something, something like, like that, that. It is around what it yeah and so the 204 still a thinner arrow but it's not as as skinny as the VAPs. And that's actually what Becca's shooting is those rips, and she loves them. Well, uh, uh, the, I mean, I've talked to multiple people, and they're they a bunch of people are like, yeah, I really like these. So yeah. Anyway, be fun. they sent us a bunch of those, so I'm gonna set that up. I still I like the four fletch, so I'll probably stick with the four fletch. But I'm gonna go with that sixty. I think it's sixty-five grain stainless steel out. I think it's seventy. But we're look. Okay, we'll look. But anyway, that's what I'm gonna go because I tried ninety. It's too much. Too much. It's just a just little, a little too bit too much. much. Yeah. And the thirty-five, in my opinion, is too, too light. light. What I would like to be is I'd like to be around four forty to four sixty. Yeah, we're gonna play. It's gonna be yeah. fun. So, but the the cool thing about that is, um, I am. Uh, I will say this: penetration. Going with that arrow versus a traditional arrow that doesn't uh, have as much. What I was finally doing with my other arrow last year was I was literally putting 30 grains behind it in the, yeah. you know, and, and, and loctiting it in. It was just a pain for me. I didn't want to deal yeah. with that. So this is, is pretty, pretty it's good. I will say easier. this, and just so people understand that we're not biased, I'm not going to always say positive things about victory archer, archery arrows if I, if I have an issue. And my issue is this. Their standard outserts for the 35 grain are junk. The reason I say that, and I think they admitted this, because they don't it has the pin, but it, but the arrow doesn't go inside. I have bent. Oh yeah, if you, I you, have you bent. can bend it a lot easier. But oh, yeah. whereas the new ones, and the, the, you're right, they do. These are the it, older these ones. New ones, they sit deeper. Yeah, so your they, arrow they goes cover it. It like has a the collar. pin, it's like and then a it goes slides in the collar. Yeah, and right. I think that will really it. help I avoid. Although last night when you shot the arrow at the turkey, that arrow, that that thirty five grain was perfectly straight because it broke straight, straight back. in. He yeah. shot a steel turkey last night for the people that don't know. Yeah, I was and just it broke a bit high. straight back and it it splintered back about an inch and that insert was still dead yeah. center yeah. in there, which is cool. Well, I, I, but, I'm real impressed with yeah. uh, the, the again. Like I said, I'm loving them. People can't, uh, don't understand and I'm not trying to make myself out to be anything but a guy who loves to see the flight of an arrow, but I shoot a lot. And with all of the the uh, what people don't realize is I have a f- quite a pretty intense uh, target panic issue that I've been working through for the past three years. So I shoot a hydraulic, I shoot a hinge, I sh- I shoot like four different releases. 
Yeah. And um, I am constantly flinging arrows into my barn because, uh, you know, a hinge, uh, you know, you get uh, last night I had issues. Uh, I'm not used to this new hinge where it has the safety on it. Uh, it's made, uh, what is it called? It's a true ball, I think. True ball. The true ball. Uh, yeah. 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 It, but it has the safety on it. Yep. And I, I'm going and I need to let down. And I go to let down and I shoot the arrow at half let down because yeah. I don't hit the safety because I safety. had a Stanislavski that was a normal hinge, hinge yeah. where you pull Just it. Reef. and yeah. yeah. Well, I with the safety, I got away from that habit of making sure that I pull that thumb, you know, my thumb in to get that crank and let it down. People who shoot a hinge know exactly what I'm talking about. And then a carter. I shoot a carter also that's also a hinge. So again, I'm playing with all this different stuff in the hopes of being able to create that shot IQ type basis of the process being what I'm focusing on, not the aiming where, um, you know, I, I hold it to keep it. I'm basically at full draw and, and at any time I'm in charge of the shot, I should be able to let down. Yep. But as you saw last night, I went to let down and I Fl- just flung some arrows Saved because me a couple dollars. Yeah, yeah, I did. But anyway, so that's kind of what we got now. And then uh, just to to wrap this up because I know you got to go pick up the kids. Is we're editing shows and Edit. shows are due basically every week. And that's when a you big came one over. We forgot is that Garrett has that mountain goat hunt. <gasps> oh, that's Colorado. right. So and, and that's Aaron has a Colorado mountain goat hunt at Aaron, the same time. Schneider, Schneider, and Garrett. And both Garrett, yeah both have it are they gonna go together no they're two different units oh they're, they're neighboring they're no they're neighboring mm-hmm. units garrett's unit is gonna be hard well aaron doesn't need aaron's got plenty of help oh yeah it's gonna be fun so it's gonna be fun are you gonna go with garrett yeah i'm gonna try like, when is gotta, that that's the first week of october yeah that'll be so that's we, good timing we're, we're, we're planning logistics yeah if i can get on a mountain goat hunt i'm going on a mountain goat hunt that's basically what it comes down to yeah I, I love chasing those critters so so what broadhead are you gonna be shooting this year I'm shooting that wasp pavilion, dude. Dude, that is that is, not that the is baddest so, son of a buck I, on the market? I am beyond excited about that broadhead. It's gonna be that's I'm I'm shooting the hell I out of it. I spun up so, like twelve of those we just randomly. Order, we we got to order in a bunch of those because okay. I I that's that's what I'm shooting this year. I always not to get off on a rabbit hole. Um, I always carry a fixed blade and an expandable in my quiver, so I'm probably gonna have the jackhammer in there too. Well, what I, like I do, that one. what I do is but, I do I do three and two. So yep. I have three fixed blades and two expandables. Um, yep. But I spun, I built some arrows the other day and I spun up just random. I think I spun up 12 different and they, 12 different, uh, you know, Havilons. Havilons. Dude, so they, awesome. they spin like a freaking top. I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm so impressed with those and playing with those at ATA. And I know that you were the first person to actually kill something with one and playing with the, I'm, yep. I'm really excited to be, to be well, did you hear Tanner when I shot that doe that they, they literally overnighted us a, a broadhead, actually two, they only had two. They overnighted us two broadheads. I gave one to Travis Lane in Missouri and I took one and I went out I, I'll be honest, and I'm kind of embarrassed about this. I did not shoot. It, it's a similar profile to the drone, and my drones were flying great. So I spun it up, and it spun perfectly true. And I shot a doe, and after I shot the doe, Tanner was running camera. Tanner goes, dude, that's the best shot I've ever seen you make. <laughs> and and, and uh, no, I don't know if that was just, but but the, the 
they fly like darts. Yeah, so I'm ex- I'm, I'm real excited. I'm super excited yeah. about that broadhead. Yeah. yeah. Well, one of the things we should do is when we when we come up to that is we should go ahead and build some arrows. Show show the everybody kind of how our our arrow builds. And what we're going to end up hunting with, show them our spinning. I mean, just walk through yeah, the process. I think thing. it'd be interesting because we're not a guru. I'm no Aaron Snyder. I'm no exactly. Phil Mendoza. I'm no Bo. Aaron, you know, professional. I say, who do I reach out to when I have questions? It's it's Aaron Snyder. Snyder it's it's Phil Mendoza, Sean Greathouse, and Bo. And like Bo, those, yeah. those four people yeah. are guys that I'm Bo just three. like straight up. Right. Hey, what what can I do? What well, and I'll even reach out to Stuart King at Rocky Mountain oh, just yeah, because Stuart, he's he's Stuart in this in this yep. subdivision, and I'll do uh, dude. I can't get yep. these arrows to fly, um, and uh, so but it'll be interesting because then the 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 the, the whole thing is uh, I don't care what anyone says. Getting a fixed blade broadhead to fly like an expandable or a field point is something that is almost like the holy grail. I'm just got to make sure bow is tuned perfect. Well, not just but that, then, but the arrow but has to be the, turned the, the, perfect. The arrow ha- exactly. The arrow has to be tuned. Yeah. And that's why I'm excited going back to these. I can just tweak everything and make it right. fly. And right. so once we get, I think once we get the missiles built, it's mm-hmm. going to be some fun. And and that's part of the fun, the off season. But we got to get through building shows and uh, and rock and roll it's uh how long we we're, it's been a good one dude we're we're, we're basically yeah, an hour we in talked and, a long yeah. time about nothing which is what we wanted to do because uh this is what These life is the in the ones. office yeah you you're stopping by uh or a lot of times you stop and by then we're outside shooting. shooting yeah i brought um, my bow but that's not happening today. yeah you gotta you got you got <laughs> family responsibilities we uh um it's gonna be a good season and so I, I, I'm hoping that, you know, as we inspired wild podcast, uh, and the combination, the, co- the collection of, uh, completing the circle from each show to the podcast that correspond with that show, we're even using audio from cool. the podcasts on the show. I think this whole combination is going to work out great. A lot of people film their podcasts, you know, it, to me. You and me sitting here talking about it isn't as exciting as being able to see it exactly. and then go back and listen to a podcast that we did back at camp that tells the whole story. It's going to be cool. Yeah, it'll be good. It'll be good. Well, guys, hey, thanks for listening. As always, we encourage you to go out, find your wild, wherever it is, uh, embrace it. God bless, and we'll see you down the trail.